the Dogfight Podcast in video form. Say hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. This took us ages to get this set up. We we tried to do like a uh, an OBS version where we recorded it, but my computer just wasn't powerful enough. Um, so we just had to go with Skype. Uh, but yeah, how are you both? Getting by, surviving, bored yeah. to death. Not too bad. So started a, started a new job. So well, I say a job. Back at uni, but I guess it's a job because it's a PGCE. So yeah. So this is now. Um, if Awful. anyone's watch, if anyone's watching the podcast who hasn't like actually seen us in person before, this is the first time they're going to see the voice to face. So this is quite, and this they're quite... just going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're expect, expecting like a glamorous set of three individuals, and in reality, they just got us. <laughs> these nah. these chumps. The three ha- most <laughs> handsome men in all of the land. That's what I think. Wow, gentlemen, the most three handsome men on the in the land, we should say. I'd like a drum roll, please, because Dogfight actually has an announcement to make. We have a sponsor. Big league, baby. Here we go. Well done, gentlemen. We've made it. Show me the this money. Uh, we are, in fact, sponsored for the first time ever this week by Anchor. Anchor.fm is an online tool that you can use via your smartphone or computer to upload, edit and distribute the podcast to an international audience. Anchor gives you the tools you need to make your very own podcast from home with little to no experience whatsoever. Their creation tools allow you to edit and upload your podcast via their smartphone app or from your home computer and it makes it really effortless. After upload, Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. From Stitcher and Deezer to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Anchor will do it automatically, so you don't have to worry about managing your uploads. Anchor supports sponsorships, so you can turn your hobby into a full-time profession, and it does this all for absolutely free. No monthly subscription, no yearly payment, no upfront cost. Anchor is free. If it sounds too good to be true, Take from us who have used Anchor since we began this podcast. It is truly amazing, and I believe Dogfight wouldn't be Dogfight if it weren't for Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today for free. That's anchor.fm or the free smartphone app. You're listening to the Dogfight podcast, discussing everything regarding the fight and beyond. How's life treating you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on another lockdown, as is the whole of like essentially the northwest. Yep. But we're just I'm getting by, living. Apparently the... a lockdown here, but nothing's changed. So. Yeah. Um. Well, we I'm I'm currently like on the outskirts of Birmingham, but like in the Warwickshire area, and we haven't had anything yet. But like Birmingham's gone into it, Leicestershire's gone into it, so we're kind of waiting for it. It's because there's literally like three people who live where you live. Like Kevin, Joe, Sally. And Keith, yeah, sorry, four. It's full of a lot of Keiths and Karens, I'd say. It's just just one, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) We've not missed a beat from our time off, Morgan. I know, it's it's just... Yeah, I I think it's the added sense of putting video in, you know. 
hoping so now we've had now we've had video and we can actually see each other being awkward as fuck. So you've got yeah. you've got some apologising to do as well, haven't you? Because you missed the last one. We had uh, Lewis on from. Oh yeah. Um, I would Hold like on a minute. To, I would like to explain that I was actually working a job, so I I'd have an excuse. Like, I actually would like to explain that I was seeing my family, not skiving it off with the missus as I believe what? you described it to be to Lewis throwing me right under the bus Wait, that it was actually what you were doing <laughs> it was actually seeing my family who I hadn't seen in months so <laughs> with your missus at the same time the missus was here but now, it wasn't it wasn't all as I'm hearing here is is one person who doesn't value the podcast over his career and another person who doesn't value his podcast over his family relationships now I'm not sure well, if Tom, I'm comfortable with that. Well, Tom, I've left that job now, so what does that say? Yeah, I'm all in. Stick yeah, I'm all in on this. Stick it to the man. So, We're sponsored one. now, bro. We've got it. So, this is my only revenue income now. <laughs> well, now. Now we've got the ad. Now we've got the sponsorship from Anchor. I mean, no pressure. No the pressure. sky is the limit. Literally, no. ash guards are on the way. Massive thank you to Anchor for uh, sponsoring us for this episode. We do really appreciate it, uh, even though... I will say, though, actually, I was checking the analytics today. We're actually live in seven different countries. Uh, we are live in the United Kingdom, uh, the United States, Italy, Greece, Australia, and I believe the last one was somewhere like East Asian. Now, what the fuck are they doing listening to us? I have no I idea. I appreciate it. Like, Cheers to everyone who's listening, but like, what do, what, what do people see in this? <laughs> that, I guess I've seen something now, that now that we have video, like, kind of sorted out. So I mean, um, there's still going to be people just listening to the audio version of this, and the, we must be doing something. That's we? great. Massive thank you to everyone who's listening, especially for listening in, like, Australia and Greece. Like, how the hell have you even found it? I guess the term, I guess the name of dogfight ain't really that sort of uh, out there when it comes to like unique, not like uniqueness, but when it terms of like, it's not very complex, is it? It's quite, so if you type in dogfight, we might come up, who knows? I haven't actually checked. It's, it's one of them as well, though. It's like a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's like you type in dogfight, like, you know, maybe a weirdo is looking to see like dogs actually fight. And if you are, then fuck you, you weirdos. But if not, and you, you are genuinely, I don't know, interested. I mean, dogfights are position in jiu-jitsu, isn't it? Isn't that like the bit where you're like... Yeah, yeah. So, so I suppose... Coming up with the underhook, leg on, talk. On brand, man. It's on brand. Definitely on brand. And it came to us naturally, I believe. I believe, actually, it was me who came up with the name. I believe it came to you in a dream. It actually did come to me in a dream. Which is very cliche, but it actually did. Now, uh, I was originally... We'd originally wanted it to be called uh, the Rear Naked Folks. We had that in mind for quite a while, the and then like literally like a couple of a couple of weeks in, like before we like properly got set up, that name was taken, and it was like, oh, for fuck's sake, that's yeah, Rear Naked Radio. Yeah, we based the entire podcast over this. Like, oh, this is quite funny. Rear Naked Choke. Oh no, nah, we're the Rear Naked Blokes, lad. But yeah, no. Nah, I I even designed the logo for it and everything. Like, I had it all. And it was the really weird thing was that it was the exact same logo that Rear Naked Radio came out with. It was like uh, the guy choked the guy Rear Naked choked him, obviously because it's called Rear Naked Radio. But like the entire concept of the the album art was even the same from me. Album which art. I don't know. If, <laughs> album art. <laughs> our, our fucking EP. 
coming 2021. I'd just like to point out uh, to people who are watching this on video format, we do have like backgrounds going on behind us as uh, they are recent and relevant to what has happened in the world of mixed martial arts lately. Uh, myself, I have the Polaris Squads background in which Team UK beat Team Europe. I don't even know if that's the right way around. I can't really see from here. Uh, there you got it. One, oh, perfect. 1-0 in uh, the Polaris Squads. And we also had the super fight of Fionn Davies uh, getting another win at Polaris against Tom. Can you do me the favour and just say her name for me? Magdalena Oscar. That's the one. <laughs> That's uh, another thing for new listeners. Like, don't take it to heart if we pronounce things wrong, because I can promise you that I will always do it. I mean, what was the one that I did the other day? The Gracie Killer. The other day. The other time we recorded. Oh, um, jeez. It was uh, Kazushi Sakuruba. <laughs> Sakuruba, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also really liked on that podcast how you ended off with uh, your famous line of uh, I will be here, you'll be there. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It is true. We're yeah. all in our individual places. Like, it's we're like all the, here. And they are all... To me, to you. To, yeah, basically, Chuckle Brothers took my line. I've got uh, Israel Adesanya beating... As Morgan uh, quite ingeniously put it, human Shrek. <laughs> yeah, there's a very I need to like post the story that I made of human Shrek slash Paolo Costa going going into mental depression. <laughs> so I mean, when when you do put like human Shrek and Paolo Costa side by side, it is weirdly accurate. But as well, after after his performance and all like the showboating he was doing, I suppose he sort of deserves all the bullying that he's receiving. Now I'm not endorsing bullying. But I am. It sounds like you're endorsing. <laughs> but what does go around does, in fact, come around. I mean, that is that is just karma, isn't it? It's like instant karma. You see all those um, videos on YouTube of like UFC instant karma. The best one's that one with the, the dude who like the tattoos all over his body yeah. and his face and that. And he's like doing this, and it's like a really like unbecoming looking like Asian dude, like no tattoos. He's just like stood there, like just not taking any shit. And then it's literally like an eight second KO or something daft like that, like. It's just, you know, it's sometimes sometimes you get justice like that in the world, and I feel like I feel like Izzy got a, a little bit of justice from all of uh, Paolo Costa's like shit baggery, really. Like, do you yeah, see this? Oh. <laughs> there he is, and then there's, uh, and then there's, oh, there he is. Yeah. But yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Tom. Like. Um, I think even just watching the fight, uh, Costa just stood there and pressed taunt, didn't he? Yeah. There's like not a lot going on, and the fact that like he's taunting when he's done not a lot, it was. Dana's it wasn't. It wasn't uh, a shocking result. Dane is like seriously like quite quite annoyed at him as well actually, because I suppose you put him in a big position there, and he's essentially done nothing all fight, except for like you say, literally just stand there like doing a little bit more dancing. And we know we know Izzy's the king of dancing. Just leave that to him, man. As much as I don't like it, like you know, sort of like go with it a bit more. He sees well, a um, video as well that he like done when he was training about how like he he was like yeah. obviously focused on the fight as much as he should have been, or maybe he was like I mean I'm putting words in his mouth a little bit there, but like you can see like you know Izzy was definitely more prepared for that fight than he was. Well, Paolo Costa was like experimenting with the body kicks and. 
I think he landed three decent ones throughout the entire fight, which, I mean, is he just absolutely ate. Um, but in, other than that, he wasn't really doing much. He threw, I think, one jab the entire fight or something ridiculously small. He wasn't even in the double digits. Um, yeah, and is he just completely... Even strategy-wise, he came out and started with the leg kicks and just continued to go for them in different ways that were very hard for, to pin down. And going into the second round, it was evident that uh, like a lot of the shots that Costa was trying to throw, he couldn't get the power behind him because of the leg kick damage that Izzy had done. So even even tactically, I mean, Izzy just completely one-upped him. And I believe, if I'm correct in saying that, that was Izzy's 100th fight, win in combat sports entirely. And it just goes to show why he has 100 wins, really. Yeah, it's just executing a good game plan, isn't it, at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, it's, definitely. It's what he does. Um, it's what he does well. Yeah. Who's his and next fight? I think it, well, the next fight is essentially Robert Whitaker versus uh, Cannoneer. And yeah. whoever wins that fight is going to then go on and face Izzy. Now, we've seen Robert, Robert Whitaker lose twice now to Izzy. Um, so I want to see Cannoneer go on against him. Kazmaev as well. Uh, again, apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, he was like, you know, calling him out saying, oh, it's a fight, you know, we should, we should, we should see. I mean, Kazmaev now has more wins in the UFC than he has strikes absorbed, which is just obscene. Mm. He's such a killer. Yeah, man. Well, it's going to be interesting for that division and just interesting in UFC in general in the next couple of months. I mean, we've got some of the biggest fights probably ever going into October uh, with obviously Khabib versus Justin Gaethje, um, which is going to be hopefully one hell of a fight. I don't really know. We'll probably talk about that nearer the time, but if you want to touch up on a part we can do. Um, Because I know we've had some questions from people watching the the podcast who've been asking, you know, what are our thoughts on that fight? Uh, Tom K, I know you said last week you didn't get to that question, I believe, or was it the week before? You, you <laughs> the week we're saying it's like it's a weekly schedule man we literally are on like a monthly schedule at this point well that's going to change now that we're sponsored we have to we have to you know bring the goods yeah now we're actually have like uh an advantage to this to actually doing it oh shit it's got a moth in my face um now we're actually incentivized to do this exactly <laughs> gotta build up our australian audience over there all right yeah, yeah. sorry man. Uh, this, this is what we were saying the other week you know like well the other week again the last time we recorded together we were saying like oh i think it was when mac was on we were saying like oh yeah like shit that like the uk doesn't get as many shows and we have to stay up until like five in the morning to watch fights i mean and sometimes like for the case of like the fight has just gone ufc 253 the card wasn't very good except for like a couple of good fights here and there like it's not really worth staying up well obviously it's worth staying up but like you sort of question Oh, no, it was definitely a card that staying up through was. Uh, it was difficult. It was difficult. I can imagine. I mean, I didn't. Like, me, and, me and Morgan stayed up together, watching it. Uh, I'd have just rather slept till Co-Main and Main. I always, I, nine times out of ten, I'd always say like, ah, oh, I just wish I'd slept and woken up for the these laugh, later fights. Every single time I stay up, but there is a sort of enjoyment I get out of it. Yeah. It's like quite sadistic like put yourself through that much sleep deprivation it was just the way the way this card worked out as well there was like the first couple like early prelims were quite good and like the last few fights were quite good but it's just a very slow middle so it's 
Well, yeah, I think before the co-main, no, before the the, the fight before the co-main, there was Kai only Kara. one. Yeah, there was Kai only Kara's one. Fight. There was only one. No, there was only two stoppages before that fight. Out of I think seven fights in total. I mean, it's it's not just saying like stoppages are the only things that make it interesting. It was just like the decision wins were slow paced fights as well. Yeah, Eight, I sorry. mean. Ketlin, Vieira, and uh, Sajara, Eubanks as well. That was another one that was a bit, a bit slow. I thought, yeah. bit of a bit of a chorter to get through. I mean, yeah. I mean, not I, I, I where mean. To, not I where to complain when they're fighting at fucking weird times. Yeah, and, you know, they're the ones fighting. Why not? But like as a viewer, a lot of those sort of fights in a row is is tough to get through. Well, I think that is just a. That's more fault of the UFC's part because as much as we understand that their main fan base is in the States, the fact that they're sort of... Uh, they're, they're having to stick to that schedule of making it more accessible for the American audience to the point where they're prepared to put fights on 5 a.m. local time. So, I mean, as a fighter, I don't know if I'd be able to sort of... You've got to first travel there, then you've got to get around the whole sleep schedule. Then you've got to go out and fight. Like you're definitely not 100. percent No, I yeah. don't care who you are. That was a foot thing as well. We were talking about like in a very early podcast. It was like sometimes they'll have it over in the UK and like they won't fight local time. They'll fight American time. So like there was people like still that like you you're getting your people up like well you got to stay awake obviously, um, and then like trying to fight at, like three in the morning like you joking? Thinking well, body clock. Like just, just all sorts, like how groggy you feel when you're like sleep deprived. And imagine the quite sleep deprived anyway, like before the fight, because obviously it's dead stressful and like, you know, you've got your nerves going through. Like even the even like, you know, the top fighters in the world are still gonna be nervy on the night before. Like it's how it is. Um and yeah, like it just doesn't seem it doesn't it seem like safe or sensible or anything, like the thing is that was even worse because at the moment, they are, you know, fight islands happening, they're fighting at 5 a.m., but that's without a crowd. So when they were coming to the UK and still doing what you just said, that was even when the crowds were acceptable. So even then, uh, people had to stay up in the UK at 3 a.m. to even go and watch it physically. Yeah. It's really shit, man. They just need to grow up. Maybe well, we need to grow up. Maybe it's us. We're the ones who well, complain, so maybe we I need to know, grow man. up. I don't know, Like, it's very frustrating when you kind of have to sacrifice your entire weekend to be able to sort of watch something that in reality you should be able to watch at a decent time. Mm-hmm. Like imagine if the Olympics was on in like Japan, which was meant to be this year, and they said, ah, our biggest viewership will probably be from the United States, so let's put every event on at like five in the morning, which obviously there are events on that happen at five in the morning because that's mm-hmm. the way it works their time, but Imagine if they like changed the entire schedule of the Olympics just to make sure that America got it to be able to watch it. I remember, at a good time. I remember the um, New Zealand World Cup. I think it was 2011 Rugby Union, and I remember they like they were having their matches. I guess like reasonable time over there. I, I, I don't really know how the time zone works, but I think it's something like eight hours ahead or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it'd be a bit more than eight for New Zealand. Maybe. It'll be like ten to twelve, maybe. Wow. Well, either way, it was like it was still ahead, and um, like the the matches, you, you like we were getting up at like 
half six to watch the match, like, in the morning, which isn't that bad, but, like, you think, like, you know, that's that's for us, but if there's, you know, like, other parts of the world where it's even further behind, um, well, I suppose New Zealand is literally as far as you can get when you're in the UK, so maybe not, but either way, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just one of them. The thing yeah. is, like, I don't really see like a fix to it as well because they're not going to change anything because you know it makes them the most, gets them the most yeah. viewers and makes them the most money, I guess. I mean, this is part of the reason why I'm looking forward to watching uh, one this weekend because they're they're uh, over in Asia, so they're putting it on eight hours ahead, starting at like eight p.m. So yeah, you know, I'll just be watching that at, like a normal time. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's we're watching the main card for that like... lunch. That's the beauty of stuff like Polaris as well, though. Yeah, it's on an actual that. reasonable time. Like yeah. WWE do exactly the same thing as the UFC. The only benefit being is that um, UFC do it on Saturday. So obviously you've got Sunday to sort of recover before you're back in work on Monday. Most people yeah. work on Monday, don't they? Um, except for dosses like us. <laughs> um, Unemployed. <laughs> mate, no, you are. You're employed by Anchor to deliver this podcast. Like, that is literally... This is my yeah. This is my full time job now. As you can Get see, that on the, your CV. As you can see by the just the clear rise in quality from audio only to visual. Like we've made that leap. <laughs> but like, um, I was definitely I was going to say the same thing. Like it's very refreshing to be able to watch stuff at a reasonable time, especially when it comes to like big fights or big cars. I just wish it, I wish the opportunity came around more often. It's another reason yeah. why I hate. The UK, which I'm, I'm joking, I don't hate the UK, but it's literally God's country. That's what we've got to remember. It is God's country. We don't it's get any, we don't get any adverse weather except for the occasional flood. There's no animals that can kill us. I mean, the Australians, they've got it completely wrong, haven't they? Let's be serious. Like, how many things in Australia can kill you compared to how many things in the UK can kill us? Like, we don't get earthquakes, we don't get tsunamis, we don't, you know. It's just, it's just literally been made with God in mind. Like he, he, he made it, and he thought, this is the best country in the world. This is where, you know, we're gonna have. I mean, he even, he even granted us the ability to have the Dogfight podcast, and we, we hail from the UK, and it is the best podcast in the world from the best country in the world. Like, there we are. <laughs> I'll, I'll preach to that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's mo- yeah. mostly an idea joke. I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit for that, but mm, yeah, there's some truth to it. There's certain amounts of truth to it. So, uh, I think for this podcast, we were planning to sort of go through the UFC uh, 253 and also maybe through a bit of Polaris if we have time. Uh, which one would you guys want to go through first? And do you want to just go on to like the final three main events of the UFC, or do you want to go through any of the uh, earlier fights that we saw? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I the, only, Polaris, the so. only other ones were a knockoff. Um, fucking hell, my brain's just shut down there. <laughs> Give me a sec. There's a there's the guy that looked like. Um... Help me out, Morgan. Who are you thinking <laughs> of? I'm done. Now I'm. D- my brain's gone. You want about okay. Jake Matthews? There's the guy that looked like knockoff or Hamas for that. What Diego Sanchez? Was, uh, yeah, Diego Sanchez uh, versus Jake Matthews. That was uh, that was a fight. That was a fight. So, that okay, was we, we a massive reach for you to get that as well, Tom. I I applaud you for getting there. <laughs> you persevered there. That's some. <laughs> the brain was shutting down. It was 
you could see the cogs just the drool just... forming in the corner of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that the is cogs literally like when stopped turning. It's when like you know Mark Zuckerberg's trying to like have a thought, and you can like literally see yeah, him buffering behind the eyes when he's trying to prove that he's human. <laughs> you know, like the old Windows failure sound. It's like dial up. So Jeff wins via decision in round three. Uh, very dominant from him. Uh, Diego Sanchez, an absolute veteran of the octagon, with uh, a total of 44 fights, only 13 of them being losses. Uh, Jake Matthews now goes to 17 and four, and he is no stranger to the octagon himself. It's a very good fight. Uh, very aggressive from Jake Matthews. Finished on a very good high note. Uh, took Diego Sanchez to the ground multiple times. Uh, Sanchez tried to go for the armbar, I believe, in sort of like the last 15 seconds of the fight. Uh, but Jake Matthews was very, very dominant. Anything you want to say on that fight? Or it was, it was fine. Yeah, it was it was cool. more it was more the the memes that have come out of the fight that I've enjoyed. Well, the the uh, when you like the Diego Sanchez being an older version of Jorge yeah. Masvidal, right? Yeah, Jorge Masvidal you have at home. He's a journeyman. Remember, remember, remember that uh, Newcastle lad called him a journeyman. Danny, Darren Till. No, he didn't call Darren, Darren Till a journeyman. He said Jorge Masvidal was. He was like, oh. he got knocked out by Masvidal. The journey. <laughs> I think the um the only real um the real thing I want to mention from the prelims was Juan Espino fighting Jeff Hughes. Um, so Espino is the guy that just won the Ultimate Fighter, and I thought he looked fantastic when he came out. Um, getting oh, arm triangle yeah, submission. He, yeah. he looked really clean. Um, yeah. I think that was probably the highlight of the prelims for me. Yeah, I say that's a very good prelims. Yeah, uh, I'd say the lowest part of the prelims was the very first fight, uh, which was Danilo Marquez versus Cadiz. Uh, forgive me if I say this wrong. Ibrag- Ibragimov? Um, yeah, the one where uh, there wasn't much engagement. Was that it? Or was uh, that it, was the, very... uh, it, was, it was the first fight of the card entirely. Uh, it was the one before Juan Espino. Uh, both fighters in that fight in the Marquez versus Ibragimov fight was very amateurish, I'm afraid to say. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I, I I can do better, but obviously with the UFC, you kind of expect to see the best in the world, uh, even on the prelims. And yeah, unfortunately for me, it was very, very lackluster. However, Danilo Marquez won uh, by decision, uh, and he now goes on 10-2, and two, which was a very, very good... Uh, Record for someone who was just starting out in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I say we skip most of the prelims because, like Tom said, he's just mentioned the uh, the highlights of the prelims. Slash, we've kind of gone through a good fight in the uh, the later prelims. Should we start with maybe with Vieira versus Eubanks and speak about that fight and go up through that? Uh, I think um, so. Hakim Dawodu and Zabira Sukagov yes. was first on the mains, and. The one the thing with this fight was like it was just disappointing to see what uh, Duodu was having to deal with because it was just a lack of engagement from uh, Chukugov. I'm gonna butcher that name a lot. But I like, think that's quite good actually, to be fair. Um, but like, you just saw that Chukugov didn't want to engage like at all, especially like um in the last round when Hakim was just having to 
stand there and beg him to just do something. It's just a really strange, a strange thing to be doing, like when you're like starting to make a name for yourself in the UFC. Definitely, uh, yeah. I love the decision win though, didn't they? Yeah, he did. Yeah, the uh, well, well, deserved, well deserved. Um, I mean, and it had been a robbery if it went any other way. Yeah, I mean, the world whose energy was fantastic. Like at the end, he was actually screaming at him, like, "Let's fucking fight! Why are you running?" Um, I mean, the referee even like said, "Oh, watch your language," and it was just. <laughs> I, it was I just did like, enjoy. Uh, I did enjoy the PG refereeing on this cast. <laughs> yeah, oh, the referee was weird. There was there was one specific referee who looked like. I don't know, like a thinner version of J.J. Abrams from Whiplash. <laughs> he just like looked really sort of out of place, and like he was very, very strict when it came to sort of the clinch. Like he was very eager to break up lack of motion, or maybe like even if it was a five-second moment where there was a lack of engagement, or even maybe a fighter just working a position, he was very quick to say, you know, come on, let's let's move, let's you know, work it or lose it type of deal. Which I thought was very weird, um, but you know every referee is different. But yeah, just going back to the Wadi versus Tukugov, um, uh, it was very interesting that we didn't see any grappling from Tukugov's uh, side, as we know Khabib is one of his coaches slash uh, training partners. So yeah, very strange that he didn't even try to go for maybe more of a grappling-oriented uh, game plan. But who am I know? I don't know the game plan. No. But no, um, I liked that fight. Um, well, I liked I liked what Duodu was putting out, but yeah, it'd be it, a bit, it, was, it was very much a one-sided fight. Just when someone yeah. doesn't want to turn up, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see what Duodu does. Does Duodu does in the near future? He's a very interesting guy with a twelve and one record, so very very uh, good for his a man of his age. Yeah. So uh, it was the area in Eubanks, wasn't it? And yeah, a bit, a bit of a shit. Yeah, that's part. next. Yeah, it I was, think it was that slow. It was fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, um, no real highlights to be honest for that one. Yeah, neither. The only highlight I can take from it is Vieira goes eleven and one, so a very good record for uh, her in the bantamweight uh, division. Uh, Eubanks unfortunately goes seven and five, so not looking great her end. Uh, yeah. But hopefully she can bounce back and you know, come back better in the next one she turns up at. I think I think um correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Eubanks was like ranked higher than Vieira going in, or it might be maybe I'm wrong. Um, but either way, it was like they were quite low down in the rankings in the bantamweight division, so it seemed it seemed like it was a bit of a well, you would have thought it's an opportunity on like the main card to sort of like you know establish yourself a bit more in the division. Like Vieira is I think only 29, so still got like quite a lot left in the tank. Um, yeah. But yeah. No. To be honest, like after after that fight, I'd, I'd ended up skipping the next one. Like I just thought, fuck me, just like, let's get let's get on with it. I so mean, I ended up, like watching it through on, on my um, because I've got it on you know like BT. Um, so it's like skipping through. So I sort of saw how the fight was going, and just at, like quicker speed. And I suppose that definitely improved the fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fight was long. Um, you know it was a, it was a five minute round, three round fight. Um, but I mean it was very back and forth. Both of them were landing. Both of them actually landed 68 to 69 significant strikes. Um, but uh, Vieira was landing a lot more, uh, working a lot more, and probably why she got the win in general. But like takedowns, uh, very minimal. Not a lot of work done on the ground at all. 
so yeah, it was very. It was a, it was a fight where like neither one of them kind of got started. They were both sort of trapped within, still like feeling each other out for the entire fight. I believe I thought. Yeah, I mean, they they both just seem to have a game plan that cancelled out any yeah sort of um any sort of like going to insane blows. But you know that that happens sometimes. It's like one of those cases where styles make fights. Um, you can't knock either of them for it. They just did it the way that they trained to do it, and it's that was just the result. Next fight though was um upsetting for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a uh, Kaikara France and Brandon Royval, and I am um, huge Kaikara France fan. Um, really like watching him fight, but can't knock Royval because he just came out and was just beating him for the first round, then locked that amazing guillotine in the second round. Um, yeah, I mean, some people saying um, might be getting round of the year for uh, first round. Oh, definitely. I mean, within the first sort of was I believe it was like minute, both of them had knocked each other down once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kai Kara France, I believe, caught Royval with a great. How uh, was it? A head kick that you caught him with? Uh, I, I can't remember to be honest. It's my brain's been a bit dead since <laughs> waking up the day after. He knocked Royval down, and then Royval sort of last minute ditch effort goes for like a, a rogue spinning elbow and lands it absolutely clean. And returns uh, Kai Kara France uh, to the canvas himself, and then they kind of get exchanged in a, a sort of uh, like a, a, a oh, what's it called the the, the temp, what I can't even remember the tenth planet move. Yeah, he went oh, for a go go platter. He went for a go go platter, and then they were caught in like that kind of position, and then uh, they escaped out of it. But yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic fight in general. Just seems like I missed a good one there. Then yeah, I have to go back to watch that one. Was one to skip through. Yeah, I mean, like, it only just made it into the first minute of round two. Yeah. And Kai Kara France had already landed 40 significant strikes out of 71 that he'd already thrown. And he had knocked Kai Kara France down twice by the end of the fight. So just very quick, very explosive from both fighters. And, like, I'm very excited to see, even though Kai Gara France got a loss, I think he is a great fighter and it's always exciting to watch both of them fight. And Brandon Royville is just, I mean, the sky's the limit for him if he keeps doing what he's doing. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, Co-Main was next. Tom, yeah. hey, you, big you old, want to take this one? Big old Jan. Yeah, I mean, it was it was impressive to see what Jan was doing with the body work. Like, it, I remember like the commentators saying, like, it's nice how he's not just like swinging for his head. He was like mixing it up and getting the and his, his like use of the kick as well. Like that body kick, uh, it was just obscene. Like the ribs, the ribs uh, of uh, Reyes was just nasty. Um, you could see like instantly, almost instantly, his his like ribs were like purple. So you could tell like I mean, fair play to Dominic Reyes because he didn't really like show it massively. Like in the first round, he seemed to like tough it out quite a lot. But like in the second round, you could see it was like deteriorating quite quickly. Um, another like quite a quite an impressive yeah impressive fight I would say for for Jan. Um, I'm glad that he's champion. Um, yeah, he he called out John Jones at the end. John Jones's eyes are on the heavyweight title. Um, think? I don't think it. Yeah, I, I, I think we were discussing this with uh, with uh, Louis uh, Louis Kelly while he was here um, last time, and I don't think I don't think John Jones will go back for the 
like heavyweight championship now. I think like I think he'll move up, um, and I think yeah, I think he'll I think he'll have uh, Miocic in mind. Um, so yeah, going going forward, it's 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 unclear to see um, where Jan where Jan goes with the belt. Like who's going to fight him next? Um, yeah, Don Reyes. It's, it's it's a big problem with the light heavyweight division. Is there's not a lot of depth in terms of uh, title contenders at the moment. Yeah, I mean, obviously give it a, a few months. Hopefully some things will change, but it'll be interesting to see who's who's in contention for a title shot in the next few months. Because at the moment I couldn't I couldn't even suggest a name really. Well, I'm just looking at the UFC power rankings as you're talking about this, and in the light heavyweight division, you've got Tiago uh, Santos. Uh, Dominic Reyes has dropped down to uh, number two. You got uh, Glover Texaria. Is that how you say? Yeah. Texera. Texera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Alexander Rakic. Um, unfortunately, Rakic had a good fight. Actually, well, no, actually, he performed really well. Rakic for um, Smith. Yeah, Anthony Smith. Smith yeah. Yeah, he fought Smith uh, a couple of weeks back, and like that was a bit of a boring fight, but he did he did win. And he was like quite. Quite impressive, I would say, like in terms of how he how he got the job done. Um, so yeah, no, I suppose he's he's coming up the ranks, but he's not he's not ready for the main event yet. I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's a shame really for uh, Reyes as well. I, I liked him coming in. Um, he's he's only got his second loss now, so he's still got a really really good record with uh, twelve wins and uh, two losses. Apparently, he was like a uh, NFL player, or he was like going into the NFL, and he was like really really like special as a, as a player like uh, before he uh, became a martial artist and then he obviously trained and that's quite impressive and then as well like the, the thing that stood out for me is that like apparently like a couple of years ago like Jan, Jan had like lost four in a row or like four in the space of a very short amount of time so to turn it around the way he has it's like you know credit to to him and as well what I like the most about it is like the sort of like respect they showed each other at the end like they you know Jan was obviously made up that he'd won, and you would be, but he didn't like rub it in his face. I don't think like he, you know, he walked over and they they shared like a little bit of a of a hug, and you know they had a bit of a word as well. And it just seemed like you know both people were you know accepting to what happened, which is like yeah, you know, like, victory and defeat. That's what you want. Well, that's what I want to see personally. Definitely. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing as well will be Thiago Santos is now number one contender. Wow, considered number one contender. Um, the very interesting thing is he's only got seven losses in his career, and the last uh, the last time he fought was against John Jones, which he lost. However, before that, he fought Yan and won. So if Santos wants to go for the belt, I mean, he's already beaten yeah. Yan before. So looks looks like that's the only fight then at the moment that makes sense. But it's whether yeah. I would have loved to have seen Johnny Walker go for something more bigger than himself, but unfortunately, he's had. Just a bit of yeah. a cool thing with, uh, yeah. with fighters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that, was a, that was a hype train. I was sad to see that derailed. Yeah, it derailed quickly as well. And I think it derailed yeah. very hard. I think he's, he's, he's starting to build himself up again now, but like he just needs to definitely go a bit slower this time. Yeah. He's definitely got a weird thing about him. He take He doesn't really eat shots well. Like he... When he gets clipped, like he gets clipped, and he's it's, it doesn't by what we've seen, it doesn't take sort of that 
that rogue punch that just can take someone out. It's almost like every sort of significant strike will de- do quite a bit of damage to them. So, yeah. and when you're facing someone like Yan, I mean, that is every single punch, essentially. Yeah. Power right fist as well. Yeah. I mean, that favoured Jan because Dominic's, uh, Dom Reyes is a, a southpaw as well. So, he was like, you know, he was in position for this like heavy right hand that he has. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's, I, I had Reyes going into it just because of his performance that he put on against John Jones, which I thought he personally won the fight. A lot of people argue against me, but I I gave Reyes the win on that. Um, no, just by I, how. I was I agreed with you. I thought <laughs> I was I was a bit I was raging a bit at the end of that fight because I I didn't see how they could have scored it for Jones, but you know they did. Can't. Can't complain about it after the fact. Yeah, it's a shame for Reyes because. Yeah, you know. I think he'll bounce back, and again, he's not very old either. I think he's only like between twenty nine and thirty one, so he's got he's got time. I think he's thirty actually. You know, there's still time. Um, he's not like thing, old like, man, Jan. You say that, but he's thirty seven. That's not even that old. Like, I mean, this thing was older than him when he won the championship for the first time. Yeah, Yo yeah, Romero's was older, I think. Yeah, Romero's forty two. Soldier of God. <laughs> Soldier of God. And of course, we have the uh, main event. Big Izzy versus Big Paolo. Obviously, well, we're talking about it a little bit, but if you want to go into more depth, that's great. They were both, they were both coming in with uh, with no no losses in the career. So there's a lot of like, there would be a lot of like bragging rights over that fight. Obviously, Izzy come back in after his um performance against, was it Waitakiri last fall or was it someone since then? Uh, it was Romero. That's right. So that was the fight everyone said. Was I mean, dead, that, but... we can call it a fight, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, um, I, I found it really interesting when, just when they were walking out and um, being announced, like, Costa's still, like, trying to play it up a lot, but Izzy, like, for a change, was just dead. Completely, completely zoned in on the fight. Yeah. And just left the showboat until afterwards, which, you know... Izzy's always going to showboat. It's just in his nature. I just found it very interesting to see him do it this way around for a change and just really be dialed in, looking to kill for the fight rather than having well, fun with it. The commentary stream were commenting, saying basically like the big entrance. Like remember the sort of like dance choreography he did when he fought Whitaker yeah. uh, when it was in Australia. He said like it warranted a performance because of the crowd. So I do think because of the lack of the crowd, he's it's like he's not he's, he's not eating off it, is he? Like he's not like he's not like you know sort of feeding off the energy of the crowd. So that's the sort of thing that would you know if you if you like is he? That's what you like to do. So maybe yeah. he wanted to be a bit more reserved, let the fight uh, do the talking, and he did. He definitely. I think did. It, it it just shows that like a lot of the time, Izzy is playing a character, and when there's not a crowd to play that character for, he just gets the job done. Oh yeah, yeah he's just he's just, I think. Other than being a fighter, he's also a fantastic entertainer, and yeah. that's weird to say in a in a, ter- in a sport where you know there is an entertainment part of it. But rarely, a lot of fighters sort of they leave and ent- they, there's a distinction between entertainment and then ditching that and you know getting a job done in a fight. Whereas there's a few fighters who do it. You know, one that comes to mind is obviously McGregor, who you know was always very theatrical in his entrances and all, also like played a lot within the cage itself. Um, but yeah, Adesanya like walking out doing you know cartwheels or backflips and shit, and then you know writing new names in the death note when you know when his name gets called out by Bruce Buffer. 
like parts of it are, are just purely for entertainment reasons that he knows the eyes are on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, what? The Sorry, fight, the fight itself was like we mentioned before, just Absolutely game um, yeah. I'd be interested to see Paolo go away for a bit and have a few more fights, recenter himself and come back to that fight with a bit more focus because it did seem that that was what he was lacking. He just didn't seem to ever click into the fight mentality. He was still just yeah. trying to meme on Izzy a bit. Well, he, he did the whole yeah. uh, like video package beforehand. Like, had, like some uh, black guy who was supposed to look like uh, Izzy and he's like doing a bit of dancing in the cage and he's just like twatting him, just like, you know, thinking he's thinking he's mad. And fair enough, it was like, is it a little bit funny? But at the same time, he also massively looks like human Shrek. So like maybe uh, as well, like as um when he when he first called out, is he was wearing that like ridiculous shirt as well, like you know, the really loud shirt, like um mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's I think he's like trying to be this like really cool like, bad guy sort of sort of person and you're like fighting against Izzy who like mostly everyone likes i mean i'm a bit i'm a bit unsure how i feel about izzy purely because what i was saying before about the whole uh jan and don reyes fight like i do like it when fighters are humble uh but i do see i can see the sort of character uh element that you're on about i think i mean it's confidence as well i mean i'm just looking up his record he's had 106 fashion in combat he does six in rock boxing 80 in kickboxing and 20 in mixed martial arts he's only ever been knocked out once and he's only ever lost six times so I mean, uh, with a record like that, I think everyone's going to just be... It's almost, it's, it's almost on like arrogance. Like He's so confident in his ability and he's got the, the stats to back it up. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far to say arrogance because if... Yeah, that's arrogance the word came, I to use. Yeah, like if arrogance came into it, you'd start to see him getting complacent. But like he's always... Even if he is pissing about sometimes, like he always, once he's fighting, it's full on whatever his game plan is. It's just with with this confidence, you do see that he is incredibly relaxed, which is why he'll joke about occasionally. But he never gets complacent, which is, you know, what he's got as far as he has. Yeah, he's got a really nice head kick as well. <laughs> I, mean, I do, I I do want to see him put up against a legitimate grappler because I don't think we've seen that being tested to the full extent in his Yo, Romero. Yeah, but Yo, what I mean is in like how he deals with it. Like I don't oh. think Yo Romero actually tried to wrestle him. I want to see him being put up against someone who tries to actively wrestle him and how he deals with that. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to lose to it. I just want to see how he does with it. Yeah, it's just whoever whoever that is, they need to find a way to deal with um, Izzy's distance fighting because he is incredibly good at keeping the distance, which is why why I think Yol switched off, why Paolo switched off a bit because they just like couldn't figure it out. But once once someone figures out closing the distance on him properly. It's going to be very interesting to see how Izzy responds because he yeah. he always says like he has that in his arsenal, but no one's ever got him there yet. So we'll see how much that's bullshit and how much. He fought um Kevin Castellan, didn't he? Didn't he? And Castellan's quite well known for being a wrestler. But again, I can't specifically remember him like, properly being tested then either. Well, that was well, I'd say that's probably his yeah. toughest fight in the UFC. Yeah. Kelvin, Kelvin definitely did some damage to Izzy in that fight. Mm. Yeah, Izzy was rocked at one point, I believe. And I, I remember watching him on the JRE saying, like, when he was going to the fifth round, like, he was prepared to almost kill himself to win the fight. Like, that mentality, uh, I don't think that comes out of nowhere. Like, he had to be challenged to think like that. And mm. he had to, like, test, like, put his ability on the line to be, like, completely. 
Castellan's on three losses as well in, the, in his last, well, his last three fights. Yeah, I'm just looking at the power rankings now for the middleweights. We've got Robert Whitaker, Costa's going down to second, uh, Kanye's third, Jack uh, Hermanson is fourth, Yomara's fifth, Darren Till is sixth. I would love to see that fight. Uh, oh, yeah, that Derek Brunson, Kevin Gastelum's on eighth, Chris Weidman's nine, and then Uriah Hall at tenth. Um, so there's there's a lot of sort of flexibility for them to change going into the next couple of months. I'd love to see a Darren Till come up and try and face Izzy, um, just because I like Darren Till. I think it's a while off for Till, though. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, the, he needs the, a couple more fights to me. To yeah. Sort of like I mean, question, the, the like, Wicker fight was good, it was close, but um, he definitely just needs a few more wins in middleweight to really cement himself to take on Izzy. But He's I still think, so young as Mm. Yeah, no, that that that's definitely a fight that's going to happen at some point. I think that'll be interesting because we've seen we've seen Till fight distance fighters before with um, Wonderboy, where that fight was just pure tactical distance fighting. So it'd be interesting to see if he would uh, try something similar with Izzy. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything we want to talk about more about UFC, or do you want to just shift the version, shift the uh, conversation towards grappling? I think we covered everything really. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. What's going on next week? This is, this is a fight night next week, isn't there? Is it the week after? Uh, isn't it Holly Holm fighting? That's right, yeah. Holly, Holly Holm's there already. I remember on her Instagram, she's training. Uh, we've got, yeah, Holly Holm versus Aldana. Uh, De Castro versus Carlos Felipe. Uh, Juliana Pena versus Jermaine Durandamy. Jermaine Durandamy is. Yeah, she's That's going to be fight. exciting to watch her. I mean, on the preliminary card, you've got Carlos Condit fighting. I mean, absolute legend of the sport. Yeah. Versus uh, Court McGee. Uh, other some of the people I'm not really familiar with. Charles Jorzane versus Joshua Kalibau. And then the, the early preliminary card has got fires with not even any photographs, so that's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, then we've got UFC Fight Night, uh, Marlon Moraes Mor- versus Corey Moraes. Sandhagen. Thank you. Uh, not much going on that card. I mean, Moraes uh, Sandhagen will be a good fight. Yeah. Uh, then after that, on 17th of October, we've got Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. Chance. Finally. Jump. That'll be an amazing fight. Finally. Be a very I've been, good fight. I've been very sick of just seeing them beef for so long. I've been waiting for this fight. Oh. I really like both of them as well. Like that's oh, one yeah, where I, like, I don't know who I'd, who I'd pick. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of Ortega recently as a person. I know he's apologised for the way he's acted towards Chan Sung Jung, but he's still been a bit of a prick recently. Yeah. Oh, what's what's he like, doing? Oh, he just like attacked Chan Sung Jung's manager. Oh really? Yeah. That's that's like what started the whole beef. Was um mm-hmm. it was a fight night. I think um Chan Sung Jung's manager like said something to Ortega. Ortega like kicked off at him. Um, Chang Sung Jung wasn't there and came back and saw like the, the bit of it of a fracas and uh, got pissed off with Ortega, which you know like I mean his manager's probably stirring some shit, but that's his manager's job to do that. Yeah, but, like Ortega taking it to heart a bit too much. Like it just shows that sometimes he is still a little bit un- immature, but I still like him. I think he's an amazing fighter. It's mad though because like, I always considered Brian Ortega as being this like young up and comer. You know he's older than Max Holloway. <laughs> he's like a year older than Max. Yeah. And like the way the, the way that Max like basically daddy him in that fight, like showed yeah. him how to like essentially put on a clinic on how to fight. So amazing, man! I love Max Holloway. But again, I like I really like um I really like Brian Ortega. Um, yeah. yeah. But no, then, I think uh, that'll be a good fight just because stylistically I think they match incredibly well. Both 
both got decent striking, both really good on the ground. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Finally, then October twenty fourth, we have um, the fight of the year, in my opinion. Khabib and Magomedov Madoff versus Justin Gaethje. It's going to be fireworks, I imagine. Um, the fight of the fucking century, to be honest. Like, yeah. Uh, Pray to God nothing happens to either one of them so we don't get this. Like, I just want them to come out and just be healthy. I want them to be 100%. I just want to see, you know, who's a better fighter in general. Um, funnily enough as well, we actually have two Namaga Madoffs on the card. We've got Umar fighting on the uh, early prelims. I believe he's the cousin cousin of Khabib um, and just joined the UFC this year, actually. He's got 12 and no records. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he does on the, on the card. Yeah. Some uh, other big names on the card. We've got the big return. Of the seven foot wonder Stefan Struve versus uh, Tai Tui Vaza. I can never say his name right. How do you say his name? You're close enough. Tai Tui Vaza. That's it. Uh, hopefully, we're going to see Stefan do some cool stuff. I mean, absolute, yeah! abs- absolute legend. Yeah! I love Stefan Struve. <laughs> 33 and 12. I think that looks like genius. it'll be a fight for Tai. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then main event, obviously, we've got Khabib Gaethje main event in the co Robert Whitaker versus uh, Jared Kananier. Uh, Again, it's going to be very interesting to see who comes out on that one on top, and obviously who goes for the uh, the uh, goes for Izzy. Um, heavyweight, we've got Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't really got much to say on that. I, I hopefully it'll be good, but I like Volkov as a fighter. I don't really know Walt Harris in depth enough to talk about him. No, yeah. no, no. I've, I've not watched a lot of Walt. I know yeah. like a few of the stuff like has gone on with him in the past year, and like as a person, he's really really cool guy. Yeah. Then we got uh, Islam Makachev versus Rafael Dos Santos. Dos Santos. Uh, yeah, really excited to see Islam do, do what he does best. Uh, very dominant at the moment, 18 and 1. Uh, been really good since he's come to the UFC and hopefully continues that on to the next fight. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo versus Lauren Murphy. Don't really know either much about any of those two. Anyone know anything about either one? Pass. No. <laughs> <laughs> How far ahead are you going, man? Are you doing like the rest of the year's fight? Yeah, we've got some, we've got some uh, preparing to do before these, man. Yeah, this is all October 24th, man. This is all the uh, UFC 254. And then that's uh, that's it, I think, on that card. Oh, there are some ones in the prelims, but I haven't mentioned them because they haven't got photos again. So I don't really know. Don't really know much about them. So yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll uh, let's, shift, let's shift on to Polaris then because oh. Tom Moore's dying to talk about oh. it. I've got a lot to say about this. I think let, let's let's start with um, the exhibition match because um, probably a lot of the time is going to be focused on uh, what happened with squads. But Fion Magdalena Loska was put on at half time. Um, it's one of the things that like we need we need more of is more representations of females in jiu-jitsu because it doesn't happen a lot. Um, it's unfortunate and it's a topic that I'll probably well, go into in depth at another time. Well, I've just briefly touched upon that because. We liked the fight so much and we enjoyed it so much that we said, why have they not put on any form of like female Polaris squads version? Because yeah, there's definitely a way to do it. There's definitely, there's definitely a UK squad that you can begin to think of. 100%. Like Fionn, um, going to get Sam Cook in there. Uh, Rosie Violet. Sexton, if you can manage to get her um, to come back and do a few stuff. I mean, like there's, there's a ton of great female black belts in the UK that you can easily make a squad of. And then if you're looking at a European female team, like there's fucking... Tons. Alvira Carpenter, just one off the top of my head. Um, she's doing amazing. She's great at ADCC. Um, but yeah, no, like it would be something that I want to see in the future. Um, 
because we, we, we do have a very stacked um, female black belt uh, representation in the UK and they just they just need more opportunities and people just aren't giving them opportunities. Well, 100%. I mean, I was I was way more pumped. I'm not taking anything away from any of the male competitors who fought, but I was so much more looking forward to that fight between the, the two females on the card. And I think if you, if you make a team, it's only getting more eyes on the product, it's getting more eyes on them. And it's just yeah. building them up to be the fucking badasses that they are. Well, um, it just shows as well how important it is as well. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so, no. So, ten minute, ten minute fight between Vian and Magdalena. Magdalena's doing really good as well. Like, I know she's um won Euros, uh, I think last year. Um, trains with Yoanni and Jacek. Um, Yoanna said like she's one of the toughest grapplers that she. Uh, trains with so like Magdalena's no slouch but and she's a lot bigger than Fion but Fion's just really showed in that match why she's at the level she is why she managed to get second place in um in ADCC you know she uh she dealt with Magdalena in a very concise way that Fion always does and it's the ground power knee slicing um and then either finishing it um from the top or doing what she did today uh, what she did on this fight um taking the back taking a beautiful rear naked choke. Um, not to take anything away from Magdalena, but Fionn just looked completely dominant in this fight. Um, really yeah, good definitely. to see him. We were saying as well, she's looking jacked at the moment. Yeah, she's got she's put on like so much muscle over lockdown, which is... And she's just looking brilliant. Yeah, I mean, all, her pressure passing was already incredible, but I can only imagine with that added muscle, it's just making shit so uncomfortable for people who are unfortunate to be in it. And it's just going to make her game so much more deeper because she's going to be able to utilize that added weight to her advantage. Uh, but, I mean, like, even though she did look jacked, I think she'd actually looked quicker as well. Like, she was so quick to pass, like you said, with the knee slicer. But then when, when she was, like, taking the back, for example, she was just slowly working the hooks and uh, just kind of taking her time, which I just love the fact that she's so calculated but also so able to just turn it on when she needs to. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see what super fights Fion gets booked next. Personally, I I need to see um, her fight Via uh, Vizilio again, um, just a rematch of the ADCC final. Yeah, uh, I think like there's there's been is that, like, a, is that a one year. That had a yeah, the one where um, injured Fion uh, with a pretty nasty toe hold. Yeah, um, but uh, it's been a year since ADCC. I think it's year to the day almost. Um, so like a lot of a lot's changed within that time for both competitors. So it'd be interesting to see them run it back and do something else. Yeah. But the main the main appeal of Pirates World was the squad event. So we had two teams of eight, um, Team UK and Ireland taking on Team Europe. And the format was um, similar to Quintet, where two people go up um, and fight, and if it ends in a submission, the person who gets the submission stays on. The difference with this was was there's four people of under 95 kilos and four people of under 75 kilos and every time you submit someone you get a point unless an under 75 person submits and an under 95 person then they get three points so if the small guys submit the big guys more points so there's a lot of like tactics going into who they're trying to match people up against um but yeah team team uk and ireland was stacked i mean it's insane the amount of talent that we've got within you know these two countries um so captained by Dara Connell, um, featuring Ash Williams, Kieran Davin, Tom Halpin, Dominic Dillon, Jed Hugh, 
Taylor Pearman and um, Bradley Hill. Um, I mean, some of those guys on there. Ash Williams, like, I constantly go on about how good Ash is. Um, I think he's one of the best in the world. Um, always super impressive to watch him. Tom Halpin's incredibly underrated. And Jed Hughes, possibly the greatest up-and-comer yeah. we've got at the moment. Just, I mean, spoilers, Tom Halpin is the only one who scored a submission the entire night. I mean, that's, so, that's not that's not to knock anything. But that's like, a testament just how skilled they all are. Mm. Team Europe as well was fucking amazing. Um, Eduardo Teta, Rios, captain in it. You've got... Um, God, I'm going to struggle to remember everyone. You've got Dini Bacolet. You've got uh, Camille Wilk, uh, Martin Chesneski, uh, Tarek Hopstock, Santeri Lilius. Uh, and then I'm blanking the last two names. Marcin Held. Marcin Held and um, Tommy Pulcannon. That's it. Well done. Um, <laughs> Gold star. Yeah. Gold star. So I think like highlights from this was obviously um, Tom uh, against Dinu, um, locking up a beautiful reverse triangle, which scored the only point and the winning point um, for the match. And I really liked watching um, Ash and Martin, um, which ended in pretty nasty knee bar that Ash didn't tap to. Um, we thought, you know, he was injured, didn't we, when we were watching it? Yeah. And then uh turns out Tom Halpin was injured, couldn't fight the last match, so Team UK and Ireland had to send in someone against Dinu, and just Ash comes out of nowhere to do it. It's like, I don't know why it takes to put that guy down. Um, but like his, his match with Dinu at the end was insane. Looked like Dinu was about to break his arm at one point, and Ash just keeps rolling, refusing to give up, gets mounted at the end and just holds it out to get the points win for UK and Ireland. Um, yeah. I really liked the format of this event. Um, excited to see where they go more. Excited to see what teams they can start to put together for future ones. Yeah, I'd like to see maybe like a expansion, like maybe an American team or maybe mm-hmm. like a, 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 a South American team. Like this, imagine like if you had sort of like a inter, international tournament in which it's almost like the Olympics, where like you have each different sort of nation slash category slash continent comes together, and then like you have. Early, early knockout stages, and then it all goes down to the final, where the teams versus the team. Like, that would be such a such a private series, man. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be such a like a like almost like a jiu-jitsu World Cup. It'd be yeah. such a such a fantastic thing that would get so many people uh, into jiu-jitsu from all across the world, and be a massive financial opportunity for like Polaris slash the UFC. I don't see why it cannot become a thing. And I yeah, think it'd be great. Gotta, like, to... Just got to build more of these sort of events up. Um, yeah. Start getting fan base behind them. Um, tweak yeah. any rule sets that need to tweak because obviously it's first first time through. Some things might need changing, some things might not. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'd love to see something like that. I've seen people tossing around uh, wanting to get a uh, Team Henzo Gracie versus Team Atos one, which I mean probably will never happen because that'd be expensive to book. But that is definitely a dream sort of uh, setup. Because the name's Did there and the beef there. Didn't Polaris want to do like a te- team 10th planet versus team Gracie or something like that? Uh, that was um, in. That was Kazushi Sakuraba's quintet. That's it. Um, yeah, team Polaris, team 10th planet, team Sakuraba, um, team Alpha Male, which wasn't team Alpha Male because so they just got Gordon Ryan and then just beat everyone. I was going to say, <laughs> like, if you, if you do set up like, a, like an international tournament, who decides who to take, like, who decides overall, like, who is the best person to take for such a massive event? 
But oh, it's there. I mean, I'm not yeah. the one to answer that question. The opportunity is <laughs> there. Like, I think, why not? It'd be great to see, like, like we said, like a male and a female tournament oh, of both scales and sizes. Yeah, definitely. It'd be. Um, I like the idea of having like a World Cup. Um, the thing is, it's starting to get to the. Um, it's starting to get to the stage where. Uh, you know, it's not just dominated by Brazilians and Americans anymore. It's starting to get talent from across the world that could really look to win that sort of thing. Hundred percent, and it's like, yeah, I think it's only going to build potential stars up more. Like, it's something to maybe strive for if you're an up and coming uh, practitioner to just so like, oh, maybe one day I want to become a part of like the English or the UK team of the world, like the tournament. It's like football. Like, that's a, such a massive driving force for players to like make the national teams. It's such a massive privilege. Yeah, I mean, I think I think just this one was huge for um, three guys like uh, Taylor Perman. Um, he's Nogi world champion at the moment, but getting on the stage fighting, you know, huge names like this, that's huge for him. Uh, Dominic Dillon, um, again, amazing opportunity for him. And Jed Hugh, who, you know, Jed's making a real name for himself on sub only, but to like get this sort of exposure for him, it's just like attaching a rocket to him, essentially. Yeah, 100%. I've just.
I think we are going to wrap up on the combat sports talk. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about at all? I mean, it is tradition around here to nominate Nobed of the Week. Yeah, let's do that then. Okay. Uh, the nominees are... Who? <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Paolo Costa's Cornerman because I hate that guy. Um, <laughs> here are my reasons why. Uh, he just tries to make everything about himself and he's one of those people that wears their mask under their nose. Excellent. Yeah, it's like it's like wearing your underpants with your like cock just hanging out at the front. There's there's no greater sin in my eyes. Yeah. Not even adultery or murder. No. No, ah. no that's that's all excusable for me, but wearing your mask like that, I just can't I can't. I can't. Unacceptable. Just just don't just don't <laughs> wear one at that point. It just yeah, seems very it's like going to the toilet and not wiping. It depends if you get a clean break. Or ghosty. Yeah, the... The, uh, the ghost the, uh, of St. Helens. No. <laughs> the clean break. It's like the, uh, the, the, the fable. No one ever gets a clean break, but when you do, like you know it's something special. Yeah, it's called a go- I, I've always called it a ghosty. A ghosty. Like it ne- it's like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why we've always called it a ghosty around where i live <laughs> what do you call it tom what's your what's your that's choice well well the ghost shit's the one where there's nothing left and there's no sign of it afterwards <laughs> <laughs> that's like the the rare one that's like fine that's like uh like a black hole opening up in your in your oh, yeah your, your, you don't notice yeah. it, but some eldritch horror comes out and... Yeah, it's like the theory that, because everything is, like, random, like, there's a chance that you could, like, clip through a wall because of the randomness of, like, particles separating. That's what it is. It's like the shit gets lost in dimensions and just falls out of the universe into... I don't know. I'm not massively convinced that's how it works, but okay. I mean... There's something to do with that. I just Some... wonder what happened to this podcast when I was talking yeah. about ghosts. <laughs> my nomination uh, for Nobed of the Week is Paolo Costa's Cornerman, whose name I've already forgotten again because I tried to blank him. I tried to blank him from my memory every time I see him. It's not yeah. uh, I suppose Mr. the only other considerations are Paolo Costa himself, um, Donald Trump with his tax tax i guess fraud i mean we could we allegedly we could put him in every week but i feel like this week he could be a nominee not because we'll give it it to yeah we'll give it to tom this one this one's for tom so yeah paulo costa's cornerman we need to know Um, his name I, i was i was trying to think of someone who could legitimately go in there but i'm trying to think who could go into knobhead of the week who has been a bigger knobhead than Paolo Costa's cornerman. Who has done something so weird or ridiculous that they've just made himself look like an absolute arsehole? Huh. I don't know. Eric Eric Alvarakin. Is that his name? Oh. Eric 
Alberison. Alberison. Yeah. Either way, Izzy's called him a gremlin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll go with him then. He can become another of the week. Whereas the who? This is like this is the best thing that's happened all day for me. Who can pronounce his name correctly? Doesn't matter. Because we'll do the we'll do the official serenado to him. Who can uh, who's going to take the go on the, the, saying his name correctly? Eric Albarassin. Okay. Eric the Albarassin. The Norbert of the week. Uh, the week <laughs> Monday the twentieth of September is Eric Albarassin. Monday the twentieth of September. Yeah, he's fucked that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you I tell the time on the day? I said the twenty eighth. You said twentieth. I said the twenty eighth, mate. It's not, it's not even Monday. It's not even the twenty eighth. It's going No, the week starting twenty eighth. That sound, but it's also going to be coming out on Monday the fifth of October. Yeah, no, no Morgan scheduling. <laughs> oh, God, this mate, will be out no. next month. <laughs> uh, it's because uh, certain certain people keep asking how do I how do I open up editing software and not the Halloween week <laughs> or how do I upload video to YouTube? Yeah, I thought you'd get it by now. I thought you'd stop after asking us. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> do you know what? This the, I I could stop and the whole thing would stop. <laughs> 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 or maybe if me and Tom actually put in some effort, we wouldn't have so many technical issues and we get to record on time. Oh yeah, and that. I mean, I'm not the one who I, I am the one who has the worst computer probably. <laughs> Can't even run a fucking Skype window without crashing. I'm surprised. He chose, he chose that life by getting a getting a Apple Mac. Well, the thing is, when I first bought it, it was so good, and like it now, it's just so shit. Like. Uh, when I when we were staying up watching UFC, I um, my Mac's got like a massive battery problem, uh, and obviously replacing any part at all on a Apple product is like paying out for another leg. Like you might as well just fucking forget about it. Um, so when we were watching UFC the other night, if I took my Mac off charge, twenty minutes and I would have lost battery. So I had to like consistently like stay up so i could charge it every now and then which was a fucking ball ache sounds an awful lot like it's a you problem yeah now i've said it this isn't a tom or a tom problem no i didn't say it it was your your problem uh, but i do believe now i've just said it and now i'm hearing myself speak it sounds like a massive first world problem (laughs) (laughs) it's the the third entry of the the infamous runs out of charge quickly so when I'm staying up to watch fights I have to get out of my comfortable bed to charge it (laughs) grow up it's the truth though (gasps) grow up this is the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with it is other than the stress of you constantly breathing down my neck saying when's the pod going up when's the pod going up I'm sure everyone else in those seven countries that listen to us are, uh, are also wondering when are we going to get a fucking fixed schedule. I mean, some people may have to even like wait up until four in the morning in their time to just even listen. Praying. To just praying that Morgan's done his job. I know. Yeah. The one thing we ask of him. It's not like he's got any other commitments, is it, Tom? No. Well, he shouldn't have. 
I mean, well, he's just said himself that they aren't, but, I mean, are they? And he doesn't have a career. Yeah. He's literally a big dosser. This so, is my career. I'm earning £15 or something. So this is, this is your career and you doss off on it. That's... I don't need to doss on it, mate. Mate, I've, uh, I've, I've made audiences in seven different countries. You've made it. I think it's the talent over this end that has made it. Me and I Tom. don't need a sponsorship yeah. deal. I uh, did the sponsorship deal. <laughs> I know. I edit it. I did all the logos. I do all the social media. Maybe not all of it, but enough of it. Uh, Look at Billy Big Cock over here. This is it. This yeah? is the dogfight breakup live. You're calling me a. You're calling me a dosser. <laughs> I think, uh, I think you need to take a look in the mirror, bro. Margie Copper bollocks here. <laughs> nah, it's all love. I, 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 I enjoy the, the job. It's not only really a job, is it? You, you were born for it. <laughs> it's, it's not it's really actually, a job. It's actually more than just a job. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's like, it's like young Jamie. I consider myself to be the next young Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's behind the scenes, but without him. Young, young you Jamie. I mean, you are you are both as technically adept, I'd say. Yeah. Look, if In I fact, you you more so given given how smoothly you set things up today. Well, let's let's. All right, if I had the same computing power as young Jamie, I think I could. I could give him a run for his money. Do you reckon he ever like records the podcast and then deletes it? And then we have to record the all whole the time. I bet. Yeah. I bet you. Like, I bet you when they got Bernie Sanders on, that was the second time through. Yeah, I imagine so as well. And when they had Elon on, I bet in the first one, Elon spoke loads about really in-depth stuff, and then he accidentally deleted it, and that's why he's so reserved <laughs> in the second one because he just couldn't be asked anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening. I can see Jamie getting like a good whip, or maybe like getting sent to the ranch. To hunt elk for a week. <laughs> Who knows? What's happened here? <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's turned into a, a me defending myself for the brutal onslaught of attacks and criticism. It's all love. Put it in the comments if you think Morgan deserves it. This job is hard. <laughs> if if we get if we get viewers from ten countries, we'll do the roast of Morgan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you don't even know how to get to view it, so I'll just lie and tell you it's just <laughs> in seven countries. Why would you Why would you want to lie? Why wouldn't you want our podcast to grow, Morgan? Every single person in, that, in those seven countries listen to it, but it just doesn't go outside of those countries. <laughs> just stays within them, but everyone in those countries listen to it. It's like, uh, I don't know, watching BBC News in England. Like, it's just routine. Ah, oh, wonder what the dogfight podcast is up to today. Ah, oh, haven't checked it out. Well, they haven't uploaded in a few weeks. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's not surprising. It's all about keeping the audience on their toes. That's what it's all about. No Just schedule. Amazing. Taken by surprise. Bam. Yeah. No yeah. talent as well. Yeah. Just look at. Uh, nah, actually, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna continue that statement. That's nah, fine. <laughs> what? No, nah, no, nah, it's fine. Let's just carry on. Honestly, it's fine. <laughs> kind of want to know what I was now. Yeah. I was going to say... He's going to say something really mean. No schedule. Surprise. Look at COVID. Look how successful that's been. 
And, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> and the, spo- the, the sponsorship's gone. The whole thing's gone. We've been sued for, for hate crimes. <laughs> I think that takes, off the, uh, that takes off the, um, the mandatory shitting on ourselves for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't happen. I think dogfight actually means the, the fight with the inner self because uh, mm. we are constantly battling with our... Just wrap this shit You've up, literally Morgan. just compared think... dogfight to jihad. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't on about that. I was saying, like, we're constantly <laughs> fighting against our own <laughs> actual... Cre- our own creativity <laughs> and the, the fight of self-deprecation that we go through every single episode. Ego. <laughs> the ego, as uh, Sigmund Freud would say. It. As Freud would say. Oh my god. Let's wrap up there because I think it's a great. <laughs> Tom's giving me the yeah the Britain's Got Talent buzzer, so I think I think it's time to wrap it up there. Anyone got anything to say before we wrap this up, boys? Uh, yeah. Uh, good luck to everyone at University of York MMA setting up again for a new year in what is probably the hardest yeah to get this club going uh, mad respect for all you guys we love you all um they got a website now which is pretty cool um but yeah, yeah it's sick as well uh, if really, anyone wants really to know impressive. what the website is it's www.uoymma.co.uk we aren't even sponsored by them we just love them that much yeah obviously of course go and show them love on their social medias uh the committee this year really needs support they're doing a lot of effort and they've put in a lot of work over the holidays to try and get everything running for the the members and i mean it's stressful enough just being a part like when we were part of a committee it was stressful enough but i can't imagine what the guys and girls at the committee now are going through to get this sorted so massive love to them big up big respect yeah and of course uh, as we are all former students obviously uh tom k doing his pgca i myself possibly doing one as well and tom more looking to do his phd um all the love to the students who are going back to york who we are previous friends with and hopefully uh people who are going there for first year if you might find us uh hopefully you enjoy mma as much as we did at york yeah it really changed my life man definitely it's uh, it's quite sad reminiscing on it all like and and thinking like you know, people won't be able to have the same experiences, but I'm sure it's not going to be forever. You'll mm-hmm. be getting back to it, uh, you know, yeah. soon The moment, might... the moment things are back to normal as well, we're definitely getting over there. Yeah, and I think like, I think it, a lot of positives will come out of it, like better ways of running sessions or better ways of maybe setting things up. Like the website has come out of COVID. Like Louis set that up, our treasurer. Well not our treasurer, the treasurer of the University of York MMA Club. Yeah, we're not uh, affiliated anymore, man. I'm not sure if they were planning to do it, but like that's just a thing they've set up maybe to counteract COVID. So, you know, with every cloud there is a silver lining. So fair play to them. Anything else that needs to be said before we say goodbye? I've been here. You've been there. You've been there. You've been there. Yeah, nothing. All good. Everything. Peace Brilliant. and love. Peace, Peace and love. Check, love. Checking on so your much. friends as well. Checking on your friends because it's big at the moment uh, with everyone. With the world being so strange, you know, you don't know how people are feeling on the inside. So, yeah, 
Tell them Tom said, hope you're all right. Sure, they'll love it. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone. Uh, if you've been listening, we have been Dogfight. Uh, thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, please check out our other episodes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Sti- Stitcher, Deezer, and other uh, uh, podcast platforms out there. Most our importantly, ha- Anchor. Anchor. I was just going to get to that, Tom. Thank you so much for reminding me. Uh, our central hub is on anchor.fm, anchor.fm forward slash dogfight podcast. Uh, if you go on anchor.fm, uh, you can now start your own podcast. As we explained at the start, it's completely free. So if you want to start your own podcast, do give them a check out. It's an amazing platform to get a podcast started uh, and it does everything for you and you can make money from it and it's free at the end of the day. So go to anchor.fm to start now or you can download their smartphone app. Um, give us a follow on all of our social medias. We are at Dogfight UK on Instagram, Dogfight Jiu-Jitsu, I believe on Facebook and Dogfight UK on YouTube. Uh, we currently don't have a Twitter at the moment, but I'm thinking of possibly getting one set up. Uh, just so we can you know branch out on that uh if you want to send us any sort of dm or inquiry please give us an email at dogfightjujitsu at gmail.com or message us on facebook and instagram we do try and do some like independent episodes where we speak about questions you guys have sent in and it's a great way for us to kind of get some you know topics to talk about of all different varieties so whatever you want us to talk about whether it be mma related uh you know what's happening in the world fucking conspiracies anything you want to send us just send us to it and uh, we'll talk about it and if you want to appear on the podcast as well you know if you want to have if you have a one-on-one or if you want to like guest like we have had like mac in the past and lewis and and phil right at the very beginning uh yeah give us a shout 100 we'll we're not work. we're not we're not snobs we, we want any, anyone and everyone to come on and you know talk about whatever they want really um we're not you know making ourselves out to be you know ivory tower you can only come on if you have credentials behind you you know we'll have anyone on essentially because mainly because we're desperate but yeah. <laughs> that's another we'll take uh, that's another anything we, we, yeah there we go back to self-deprecation Mate, um, as long as you can speak we you've got one up on us definitely <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening everyone hope you enjoyed the episode please check us out where you can we'll see you in the next one this has been dogfight from myself morgan Tom K. Peace. Um, Mr. Thomas Moore. Bye. See you all in the next one, guys. Take care. Peace and love. Bye.